it's Lexi with your third episode of All Off. And today we're taking it all off to see if the strip club industry is really what people think it is. And today is a story time about a bouncer who will call Andrew, not his real name, but it's pretty close so you might be able to figure it out. You heard from my first story time about my first time stripping in Miami at the biggest club in America. But I've stripped at many places since. One being that I stripped at for a long time, or not a long time, but one of the longest periods of time, was another club in Miami where the management was super evil and part of organized crime. So the management had a game that they ran on strippers. And the management, I gotta give it to them, they run the club like almost like a SWAT team. Like they're a very coherent force. They all share information. They're all connected. They all study the strippers, analyze the strippers, learn their personality, and also sell the strippers to the pimps that they work with. So one of the management, Andrew, he had a side hustle where if a new girl would come into the club and they were not associated with a pimp, he would act as the broker and get paid a fee by a pimp by placing her with him. So basically grooming girls, finding out information about them, letting the pimp know, convincing her, all these things, he would get paid like a broker's fee. He was an immigrant from Cuba and he was working at that club for a very, very long time. And me and Andrew became really good friends or so I thought. It was a really dark time in my life and I was very severely depressed. I was not eating as much as I should have. I was very, very skinny. I was not functioning. I was in a bad situation around bad people. And it was just overall just a really, really dark time. So when I was lonely, Andrew was there to lift me up. He talked to me, he learned things about me, he showed an interest in me, he asked questions, and we became really close. We would joke around with each other, we would laugh together, and to the point where the person that I was with saw it as a threat. Because I would tell the truth. I'd be like, Andrew told me this today, da 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 and he would see that as a threat. He would see what kind of game he was running on me. The first time... One of the first times he came up to me, he saw that I was sad and that I was isolated. And he came up to me and he told me a story about his childhood in Cuba, which may or may not be true, or it could have been a ploy as part of his game. But it made me feel empathy for him, and it made me feel close to him, which is a tactic that groomers often use. And he told me that when he was a little boy in Cuba, he had an uncle that had schizophrenia. So he was just like very young, maybe like four years old. And his uncle with schizophrenia allegedly thought he could fly, so he grabbed him by the hand and tried to jump off a building with him before he was narrowly saved. And this, of course, tugged at my heart. I had been to Cuba. I love the people of Cuba. I love people from third world countries. I love people that know struggle and know suffering and still come up and still survive. I love that. I love those types of people. So to me, he was somebody, you know, who had overcome a lot. He had gotten here from over there and he overcame a lot of struggles. So I felt for him. 
And he was really intelligent and really funny and really witty. And we just always laugh with each other and make comments about what we saw and things going on. And I really thought that over time we were becoming friends. He asked me a lot of questions to try to get into my head. He And he did. He really did. But there were some bad rumors about him that I had come to find out that I didn't believe just because of the way that he treated me. I heard rumors that he did something bad to a girl that used to work there years ago. You know, something bad that they wouldn't really say outright what it was. But I didn't believe it. He was so nice to me. And I felt so close. I felt like we were really connected. Anyway, he would always be like a company to me when I was isolated, when I would isolate myself, you know, as part of my depression and not feel like dealing with anybody. I would go to like one of the back rooms or one of the back corners and he would offer me things, you know, offer me his vape, which had THC or whatever. But one day he did it a little differently. One day he came up to me and he had like a different look in his eye and we were alone in the back room and this back room had cameras but there was like an offshoot like a back back room that didn't have a camera and so what he did was he was talking to me and consoling me and he offered me the vape with THC I didn't take it and where I was sitting in the back room it was very very close to the entrance of the back back room with no cameras so I didn't take the vape, but he was talking to me, laughing. We were talking about life, and he starts slowly backing up through that like curtain to the back back room. So he's standing there right on the edge of where there's no cameras, and he like beckons me over. Of course, I don't go or whatever. And he's sitting there puffing on it, looking at me, waiting for me to come, and telling me like it's all right, like come here, but I don't. That gave me a weird feeling, but we were still pretty close. We still talked all the time after that and laughed all the time after that. Then one day I made the mistake of drinking inside the club, which anybody who knows me knows that I barely ever drink. I don't like it. I don't do it. It's not a habit for me, and I just hate it. I hate the feeling of being drunk, but if something like extraordinary happens every once in a while, I'll drink, and that extraordinary thing could be bad or could be good. So I made the mistake of drinking that day, and I was underage, I was like 20 at the time, couldn't even drink, and he did something that I didn't expect him to do, He, but he did it so well, it was so well executed that I didn't understand what was happening, especially not while intoxicated. So he saw because he, he watches that's part of his hustle his job he watches girls you know to give information to the pimps or to the club or to whatever so they're all watching they're all analyzing so what i didn't know then is the excruciating attention to detail that they paid to the girls so they know everything that you're doing all the time i didn't realize it was that extreme so everybody in the club knows when you take a drink if you don't normally drink so he knew that i had drank and he was watching and waiting and came up and we were talking and he said hey I need to show you something real quick just follow me 
And of course, because of the previous grooming and the previous connection that I felt we had, I trusted him and I followed him. And he made some movements. We walked here and walked there and darted over here. And he darts to this, like, booth that I didn't know at the time was one of the only blind spots in the whole club. Of course, I didn't know that, but he did. So he darts in this booth, and of course, I follow him. And he starts groping me. He starts kissing me. He starts kissing on my neck. He starts grabbing me all over. And mostly, I was just surprised. So I reacted because I was surprised. I didn't expect that. And I didn't expect it from him. So he's grabbing me all over. And I'm surprised. I make a face like, oh, this is not good. And I jump up. And just out of shock and surprise, I just run away. And he follows me. And I run to the back. And he fought like the back dressing room. And he follows me. And I bust through the doors. He busts through, through the doors. And Andrew is a very, very large man. A very, very large man. He is very tall. He is big. He is very large. He is a bouncer. He is very intimidating. And so I dart through the back. I bust through the doors. He darts right after me, bust through the doors. And I'm standing there. And I haven't said anything to anybody, but he looks at me with a look that was really intimidating. He looks at me with a look like, you better not say shit, bitch. He looked at me with a totally different look that I had never seen with, from him before. And I was scared. So I just like like made a look like, okay, I'm not going to say anything, but just like just leave me alone. So that look scared me. That look startled me. I didn't expect that from him. I thought that we had this friendship, this connection, you know. He was there for me a lot of times to pick me up while I was struggling with depression. So I didn't expect that from him. I'm scared. I don't say shit. But eventually, I do say shit. And eventually, it gets out. So the general manager of the club looks on the cameras. So he, he first he starts to investigate this incident. So he looks on the cameras. And because of the play that he did, that I didn't know what he was doing, on the cameras, it shows me following him. So we're standing there. He's got the cameras pulled up. He goes, this doesn't make sense. And I'm standing there. And he's also a large, scary, menacing, intimidating man. He goes, this doesn't make sense. Whatever. So I'm looking at the cameras and I see that I do follow him. But then there's a blind spot. So like I said before, I didn't know about the blind spot, but he did. So when it goes to the blind spot, I point to the cameras and say, okay, but where's the camera for right there? And then when I said that, the general manager knew that it was a plot. He knew that it was a ploy because he knew that Andrew knew that there was no camera there and that I didn't know that and that it was very obviously a plot. So then he realizes once I point there and I said, well, where's the camera for right there? Then he knows. So he fires him. He's eventually rehired, but for now, he fires him. And... After that happened, I was so confused that I started asking around about this bad rumor about him that I had heard. And apparently the rumor was that he had taken advantage of a drunk woman, you know, young woman before, 
and he never got caught that he that the girl was told why would you lie like that he would never do that i wouldn't think he would do something like that why would you say that why are you ruining somebody's reputation and she was basically hated and out of the club she was disbelieved and that's the reason that you know nothing happened nothing came of that rumor and when i found that out i was like holy fuck i was like these people are so scary and so sociopathic but this bouncer andrew knew too much about the inner workings to be gone for long so he had pull because they do a lot of shady shit the management is involved in a lot of extraneous shady shit it, he kind of had too much dirt so he had too much pull he had too much dirt over their heads so he came back pretty quickly but it just goes to show you like the level of psychological manipulation that these people will go to you know to groom girls or to manipulate them or to move them or to sell them and I never forgot because it hurt so bad because it was like really like losing a friend even though that friend never existed even though it was a character that you know this bouncer was playing he could see that obviously I needed emotional support or whatever he was there for me so it was a character but it still didn't hurt any less like it still hurts me like I thought that that character was a real person and I thought that that character was a friend and to turn out that it wasn't still hurt like it's still like losing a friend and it'll never change but you have to know because when you're young and you go into these environments you don't know like how deep it is like you don't know that what's like a conspiracy theory is actually true like you would think that that's just a conspiracy theory that you go to work in this place and all these people are plotting against you but it's actually really true. It's not a conspiracy. It's true. These people are plotting against you. Especially in, you know, shark the shark tank of the strip club industry like Miami, Texas, places like that. You know? So be aware when you go in there and be careful. And remember that these people are not your friends. And if you ever forget it, just remember the bouncer named Andrew. 